The following is a Pro Football Network podcast, the primary voice for pro football at profootballnetwork.com. Now listen, man, I mean, everything that comes with this game, uh, it's not what you see on Saturdays and Sundays. And and you and I both know that, right? And, you know, Set, set aside the physical toll that you know is going to be placed on your body, right? The, the, the physical um, destruction, really, of your body. And that's what it is. And, and, and so I made my, sure my son understood that is you don't come out of this game unscathed. And, and uh, no. I love the game of football. I love what it did for me. I love what it still does for me today. But, but make sure you understand what you're doing. And then the other aspect of it that was different than when I was playing was the social media aspect of it. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another More Than Football podcast here on the Pro Football Network. Glad you're with us. Trey Wingo here. Delighted to be joined now by my uh, longtime ESPN compadre and uh, always known as Fake Mark Schlereth, which is the worst (laughs) insult of all because he's actually better looking and was better his job. So Jeff Saturday is with us. What's up, big boy? How you living, man? And listen... I mean, how you gonna how you gonna start it out by calling me the fake Mark Slayers again? Like, you know, stink me and gone a little bit. I've kind of I've kind of kind of got washed away. Here you go, bring it back up. Just salting the wounds. Well, like, yeah, that's what we do, right? It, you only hurt the ones you love. That's what they say. So that that's what I'm trying to do. But I wanted to get you on this week because there's a lot to discuss. And and one of the things we try and do on this show is look outside the box a little bit. And one of my favorite things that we used to do was that we used to break down those tapes on on the NFL primetime, then it changed to NFL Rewind. And uh, it, it seems like there's been a resurgence for appreciation for line play this year. Am I wrong in reading that? No, you're 100% right. I, I think, you know, you and I used to always talk about this kind of ebbs and flows of the NFL, right? Everything is yeah. cyclical and the way that it kind of goes. And I think everybody got to this idea of the spread – being about the passing game, which truly it wasn't. It was to try to spread out to actually run the football. Uh, And you're seeing teams now begin to kind of buy into that philosophy. And a lot of defenses haven't been able to keep up because so few of them have really faced a true lineup, smash mouth type game. Uh, And so the teams that are capable of doing it, you're seeing them progress, become more physical as the season has gone on. So you're 100% right. And the the biggest glaring example of that is what we're seeing in Indianapolis, where you spent most of your career. Look, I, I know what the MVP is. Like, it's the best quarterback on the best team. That's the reality of the award these days. But if you go by the little interpret, literal interpretation of the word, most valuable player, I don't know there's a player that fits that bill more than Jonathan Taylor. And I sum it up in terms of team success. He has eight 100-yard rushing games this season. The Colts are 8-0 in those games. They have eight total yeah. wins. Like. Yeah, I don't know how else to, spot, to, to, to explain it, man. Like that That's the definition of most valuable, is it not? Absolutely. Hey, common sense ain't common. You know what I mean, Wingo? Like, you're 100% right, though. And, and listen, I, I tell everybody, I think the, 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 the one play I could tell everybody, if you want to go watch what really most valuable player looks like, the final play that he scores on the Patriots – they block it pretty yeah. good. Not 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 especially, you know, especially well, but they block it pretty good. He has two unblocked defenders in the same hole. He's got Hightower and McCordy, who are both ballers. He makes them both yeah. whiff and then takes that thing to the house. Listen, when you have a guy who could be that explosive and make that kind of play in that moment, I'm 100% with you, bro. MVP conversation has to be loud, uh, you know, for, for, for the way that Taylor has played. 
By the way, I'm having breakfast as we're doing this, and you've transitioned to your car because we had internet issues. We're just being yes. fully transparent here. That's what makes this beautiful. <laughs> I'm enjoying a lovely omelet with home fries, and and you, of course, are in your truck, which means yes. you're in your you're in your element. Um, yes, sir. How good is how good is this Colts offensive line compared to the ones you guys played on? Oh man, from a from a run perspective, these guys they are body movers, and yeah. uh, you know we we were uh, from a from the a pass protection perspective. I think we're we're we were a better group, right? Because we were set up for that, and that was what Manning was going to do. And so you know, from from Tarek Glenn all over to Ryan Deem, Lil Jen, Jake Scott, like all of us were very proficient and and protecting the passer one on one matchups didn't bother us so i would say we, i would give us the, the 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 edge there run blocking these are grown freaking men bro they move bodies they put dudes on the ground regularly and they they are they play with a piss and vinegar that uh, that, yeah. that i'm envious of i absolutely love yeah. watching them play cuz if they get a dude near a pile he's getting dumped over it bro they got a different attitude i i love it Listen, you, you said we're, they were going to pass because that's what Peyton did. So we got to tell the story now of the <laughs> Monday night game where where you guys set the record. Peyton set the record with uh, with Marvin for the most touchdowns uh, between a uh, between a quarterback and a wide receiver. It was against the Rams, and you guys got down there in the inside the ten yard lines, first and goal, and you had practiced all week that you were going to run it. And then yeah. what happened? Oh, and, and we throw it three times, and they're all incompletions, and we're kicking the field goal, and yeah. I am pissed, bro. Hey, hey, I, hey, quit calling the f- plays, all right? Hey, we got to run the ball. Can we pass blocks? We'll run the ball. Can we run it down there? Let's just play. We'll run it down there. Yeah, Jeff, we will. All right, when we call pass plays, block. So I, I think it's Tom Moore who was our offensive coordinator. So I'm walking off the field, and Tom Moore, who's now with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the guys, you know, won multiple Super Bowl Steelers, us, you know, now Tampa. So I'm running off the field, and, bro, I am ripping Tom. And Tom doesn't even look up from the clipboard. He's like, we'll get it, we'll get it. You know, he's he's not taking it. You know, he, he's not coming back at me. So I'm thinking, oh, he, he, you know, he's guilty. Howard Mudd, my offensive line coach, God rest his soul. He's like, Saturday, sit down. We're going to move on. We're going to do this. But I don't stop. You know, I keep screaming. I'm still pissed. And the next thing I know, here comes Manning running down, running down the the, uh, the benches, screaming. And and he's like, you know, he's like, hey, you you just blocked. He's like a chihuahua, right? He's like nipping at the ankles, dude. He's just, you know, he's biffing. And I'm like, can we run it? So he and I are going back and forth. And then Big Tart Glenn gets up and goes, go sit down, Manning, go sit down. And, And my favorite part is that's when I realized. He checked those plays. That wasn't a call. Yeah. That wasn't a call pass. My boy checked it, looking for that action, and he knew he was freaking dead wrong. So next time we get down there, we run it and score, and you see the hug afterwards and all that. But man, listen, if I, I would be lying if I told you that's the only time we got after each other, but that was the only yeah. time it was caught on film. <laughs> it was amazing. And then, like five minutes after the whole thing, Manny sat on the bench. Goes, "Yeah, I'm mic'd up. Everybody saw that." <laughs> It's just, it was incredible. Um, oh, I, I think this tra- I think this transition though, Jeff, started at the Super Bowl, right? When we saw how bad the Colts, not excuse me, the Chiefs' offensive line was missing their two starting tackles that never happened before. Two different tackles, week one, playing the Super Bowl at the end of the season. Yeah, and it was just a dominant. I mean, everybody talks about the too high safety thing with with with, um, with Tampa Bay against Mahomes, and I get that, but there. They were whipped up front. I mean, that, yes. that was the difference in that Super Bowl. And, and I think we're seeing a much bigger emphasis across the league in understanding how important that is now. I mean, the Chiefs rebuilt their entire offensive line in the offseason. 
Yeah, give, give Veach a ton of credit because yeah. he saw the error in his ways, right, and understood. Yeah. And, and, you know, for, for people like you who have seen the game, like we talked about before, the changes in it and, and where strengths and weaknesses all the – when you saw the Chiefs literally – get, and I was at the game. I took my youngest son. We're sitting in the stands, and, and he's wearing a Patrick Mahomes jersey, right? He's all fired up, and, you know, he's all excited. And I said, buddy, I think your feelings are going to get hurt. Because this offensive line can't protect them. When they're front four, I mean, they ripped them up. And you saw Patrick Mahomes, who everybody looked like he's Superman. You know, well, guess what? Here's kryptonite, right? And he got – I mean, it it looked awful. He's running around for his life. He's getting hit. The ball looks terrible. He looks unsettled. And I think that people began to understand – when you watch Tampa's offensive line with Brady, who can't move and is going to sit in one place, and then you saw yeah. Mahomes, who is an athletic dude, makes all kinds of plays, and he looked like he couldn't even figure it out, everybody understood. We yeah. better begin to have to figure how to protect our quarterbacks where they can stand in, feel comfortable, and throw the type of ball that they're capable of throwing. Because I don't care who you are, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. If people are hitting you, you will not be accurate, yeah. and you will you will press and make plays, and you will make mistakes, and it just got exposed in the Super Bowl, and that's why changes have been made. All right, so let's take the Colts out of it because obviously, I think you're at they you think they're at the top of the list. Do you think they're the best offensive line right now? Yes, yes. All right, so if the Colts are the best, give me the other four offensive lines that you think are playoff ready. Oh, man, that's a great – I think the Patriots are very good. Like, when you look at the Patriots and what they are capable of doing and protecting Mac Jones, I'd put the Patriots in there on the AFC. I'll tell you, man, the the Eagles – the Eagles offensive line and what they've been – what they have done and what they have shown – uh, and everybody tries to like assign it because uh, because Hertz can run, which obviously helps you. But man, I'm telling you, like their offensive line is as clean in the game as there is. They're explosive. They're physical. They're very smart. They they communicate uh, very well. They can pass things on. So I would say I, I would put them in that same kind of category. Um, and and then you look at you look at the Chiefs, man, and they have gotten better. I think I think the addition of Humphrey at center. And Smith at right guard, both of those kids have played so far beyond what what Mike and I thought they would be good. But but man, they are like Humphrey didn't get a Pro Bowl nod, but he is, you know, he should be. And then you look at Trey Smith beside him. Trey Smith might be the most physical guard. And that's talking about the two guys in Cleveland in the AFC. And so when you're looking at the Chiefs and what they've been capable, I don't love their left tackle in the pass game. I know he made the Pro Bowl, but. When you when you look at those other two guys inside, man, that's been the difference yeah. maker for Kansas City. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch Creed Humphrey, and uh, yeah, he, to me, I, you can talk about other things. Him not making the Pro Bowl makes absolutely no sense to me None. based on just tape. I mean, that's listen, I'm not taking anything away from anybody else, but there's no way you can tell me he's not the best center in the AFC right now. So absolutely. Uh, We'll see what happens there going forward. Um, you know, one of the things we like to do on this show, and normally we're joined by a guy named Brett Yaris, who's uh, a big part of Pro Football Network, but he's a he's a behavioral psychologist. He actually works with Lucas Nyang uh, and a bunch oh, yeah. of other players. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he, he, he's a behavioral scientist, basically, and uh, sort of helps people understand the game in a different way. But we like to go outside the box a little bit and outside of football. And I remember, uh, you know, your – your son was playing high school football and was thinking about going on to college and you were really torn whether or not you wanted that for him based on your experiences and you knew what you, you knew what you signed up for and you were perhaps a little concerned about that yeah now listen man i mean th- th- everything that comes with this game 
uh, it's not what you see on Saturdays and Sundays. And, and you and I yes. both know that, right? And the, you know, yeah. set set aside the physical toll that you know is going to be placed on your body, right? The 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 physical um, destruction, really, of your body, and that's what it is. And, and, and so I made my, sure my son understood that is you don't come out of this game unscathed. And and uh, yeah. I love the game of football. I love what it did for me. I love what it still does for me to today. But, but make sure you understand what you're doing. And then the other aspect of it that was different than when I was playing was the social media aspect of it and how personal, yeah. uh, you know, guys have been attacked on their social media and where, you know, you think from a fan perspective and, and people are supporting you and then all of a sudden it flips on you. It's a different adjustment for someone who's 18 years old, right? And, and yeah. so I just wanted my son to understand, listen, man, there's a lot of great, but you got to make sure walking into this thing, you understand the criticism that comes. You, you have to be able to differentiate that from people who you know and care about and allow that in to people who you go, hey, man, this guy, I wouldn't listen to what he was telling me if I was walking down the street. I dang sure ain't listening to what he's saying, you know, through social media. But I think it's very difficult for young athletes to get that because they've been branded so early, Trey. And you and I talk about yeah. man, high school kids. I mean, they are branded like, He's going to be this, or you have these expectations, or he's going to get paid this amount of money, and it's mind blowing. Uh, but the maturity that has to come along with that, I think, is lagging. Like everything in life, right? We we make these advances, but then we got to figure out how to do it. But uh, I, I feel good about my son. I think he's learned lessons. They have not been easy, and I can tell you that yeah. there there are some tough days. And um, but I'm appreciative of, of the of the journey that he's on. But to your point, it ain't all Saturdays and Sundays. It's not all the no. sixty thousand are full. And they all love you. I can assure you of that. And so. I think people understanding the mental toll it takes on athletes don't don't overlook it because it's probably the, the most under discussed but the most important aspect of our game. Look, no question. By the way, we should point out your son's doing well uh, at yeah. North Carolina on the squad there. And and by the way, his flow is phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. You posted that picture for his birthday or whatever it was not too long ago. Yes. Like, Damn. <laughs> you, hey, you, Mo, both of our boys, yeah. both of our boys, yeah. they, like the locks. I mean, they just, like you said, they flowed and he's super handsome calves. I was like, but my yeah. hair was like buzzed. I was not a pretty human being. I, thank God Karen no. loved me for me because it wasn't for my looks. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing that you brought up was so true because as we're taping this, uh, Justin Jefferson, the Vikings wide receiver, is 34 yards shy of setting the record for the most receiving yards for the first two seasons of an NFL career. Uh, I looked it up. He was a zero-star recruit, according to ESPN. He was a two-star recruit, according to 247 Sports, and he was ranked as the 308th best wide receiver in his high school class. So, like, I, I get it. We all have jobs, and we all, we, we all do this, but just understand what someone thinks of you at a certain point is nowhere near what eventually might become of yourself. Amen. And I, I think that that's the part that I think takes that maturity of, of not allowing other people to define, you know, who you are. And, and I think um, my youngest son, Josh, who's in ninth grade, he, he plays football and he played center this year, but he's 130 pounds playing ninth grade center. But he started, he actually played, started on the ninth grade team, got to play in some junior varsity games. But he's he's has this because he's small, right? He's like 130. And I, I told him, I said, man, 
like, don't focus yeah. on the end, right? Like, like, how about we enjoy the journey again? The end yeah. will take care of it because people are like, oh, you're too this. I said, buddy, if you think everybody looked at me and was like, this guy's going to play 14 years in the NFL. There's a reason I wasn't drafted. There was a reason I was overlooked in a lot of different things. Yeah. Physically, you know, I was as round as I was tall, you know, <laughs> all those things. But I said, buddy, like, <laughs> appreciate the journey of us getting there. And to your point, I, I, I love, like, J.J. Watt's story and Justin Jefferson, these guys who uh, – even Cooper Cup, yeah. right? I mean, like, none of these guys were these yeah. high, you know – Oh, he's the best receiver. At the, no, man, these guys earned it. And I love guys that earned it because it just makes it so much more precious when you finally get to where you want. Yeah, that's the thing. And to your point, with so much scrutiny in social media, some people feel like, well, I'm done at 17. No, just keep going, man. I mean, Amen. things work out. One of the things that you've been able to do also is transition to your post-NFL career. Um, when did you start thinking about that? And how important was that to, for you to understand that while you were playing? Don't worry, everybody. We will get back in just a second. But the first thing I want to tell you about is why I love to explore new wines and who I love to do it with. See, the challenge is that I'm always not sure what to get when I go into a liquor store or wine store to pick out wines for a holiday, get together, whatever the case is. That's why I trust First Leaf to make this easy for me. All I have to do is fill out a five-minute quiz, and First Leaf gets a unique taste preference for me, personalized, and then they send me wine to my door. First Leaf winemakers are sampling over 10,000 wines a year across five different continents and 12 countries. With that type of dedication, the ease at which the process becomes going with First Leaf, it's a no-brainer. Well, they're the choice that I go with. Now, the great thing is here at Pro Football Network and more than football with myself and Trey Wingo, we're giving you guys a great offer to get in on this experience that I've been lucky enough to be doing for quite some time now. All you have to do to get six bottles of wine for $29.95 with free shipping. That's less than $5 a bottle, by the way. Okay. All you got to do. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash pro football. That's right. All you have to do, tryfirstleaf.com slash pro football, and you're going to get six bottles of wine for $29.95 with free shipping. But here's the thing. That's not all you're getting. You're getting a personalized wine selection process that takes less than five minutes, and you're never going to have to worry about, am I doing this right? Am I paying too much? Am I paying too little? You don't got to do that anymore tryfirstleaf.com slash pro football. And we got you covered with pro football network and first leaf. One of the things that you've been able to do also is transition to your post NFL career. Um, when did you start thinking about that and how important was that to, for you to understand that while you were playing? So probably in about year 10 uh, of my career, I, you know, I knew, you know, at some point this thing is going to end. Right. And so uh, I was doing a yeah. local TV show post game and uh, actually Lucas Forrest Lucas from Lucas Oil Stadium had it in, in and wanted us to do a show of the team right afterwards. And so I, Ryan Deem and I both agreed to do it and uh, we started doing it. And I had so much fun um, being able to discuss the game, what was happening. And then I just kind of, you know, kind of moved forward from there. And then I got an invite um, you know, to a, to the kind of a football, what all the football players can go to Philadelphia and we can all, it's kind of a boot camp is what they call it, a media boot camp. 
And they, right. they did TV, yep. they did calling games, they did writing. And uh, I loved it, man. And I just enjoyed the heck out of it. And this is what I realized. Because, you know, you don't really know as a player, you're taught to defend yourself from the media, protect yourself from the media, right? They're kind of the bad guys. Don't ever say, you know, don't give them any ammunition, right? But what I realized right. yeah. was most of the guys in the media were just like me. They love the game. They love the guys who are playing the game. They want the best for guys. They just want to tell a great story. And so if, if and, and so that's what I wanted to be, man. I wanted to be somebody who shines light on guys who are doing some great things and uh, and enjoying the, the craft that I was blessed to play. But it was really eye-opening when I got to meet guys like you who I realized they love it as much as I do, man. I mean, and, and they care about the guys yeah. doing it, and they want to be there for a benefit if you just allow it to happen. Yeah. Um, so what's what's the next thing that you're looking to accomplish? I mean, like, have you I, I know you also coach a little bit. You coach your son uh, at, at high school. What's the next thing that Jeff Saturday is looking at? Because I always feel like you have that next step in mind. Yeah, so my, so I'm I'm still doing um, the 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 coaching to a small degree, and uh, I, I won't I won't be a head coach again for my youngest son. He he uh, he he didn't want that. He wanted dad just to be an assistant, help when I can type deal. So I do that on the side, yeah. uh, and coaching may pop itself back up at some point at a different level. But um, really, I, I've I've enjoyed the uh, the media aspect of this thing, and I'm ch still trying to grow in that phase. At ESPN, I've got to do some more stuff, and I enjoy that. I've looked into podcasts, which I think are super cool. I have never done one, uh, but I'm looking into some of those things just to kind of branch. I, I, you know, anything that you can do that you're opening up and letting people see more than just me talking about the game. Like what we're doing right now, I love this, right? I mean, where people really get to know you. Yeah. Uh, I've tried to get involved in Twitter, which you tried to get me involved years ago, and I, <laughs> and I wouldn't go. And now I'm trying slow but steady to get this thing going. But I, I love that stuff. It's a way to communicate with people. And uh, and so those are the little areas that I've made I've made moves and trying to continue to forward, uh, get, get, get some forward progress in that. Look, one of the things I loved about you is your current situation. You made sure you set up so you could be there to watch your kids play football, coach them, and That's watch right. your kids play. When when those days are gone and they're all off in college, would you consider coaching in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think Karen and I, my wife and I, you know, we we've I've had I've had many opportunities to be able to do that, and and you and I, I know, know you because of our friendship. Yeah. Uh, I, I've passed because of my kids, and. Uh, and, and yeah. I, I, you know, it's one of those things that my youngest son is continuing to do his deal. And when he's finally done, I, I'll definitely consider it. I, I love I love the game and I love being able to teach people things uh, and, and and kind of what Howard Mudd did. I want I want to take guys to where they don't believe they can go because that's what Howard Mudd did for me. I mean, he he put me on islands and asked me to do yeah. things that I was I didn't think I could do them myself. And so if I can get a, an individual to push past their limits that they put on themselves and place on themselves, man, I, I think that's, uh, that's crowns in heaven, brother. I, I love that. And so we'll evaluate that stuff once my, once my youngest is finally done. Now was, was Howard the guy that you talked to about uh, after your, your, your rookie year, you were thinking about whether you had the lease on the apartment. Was that, was it Howard? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, you got to tell that story. You got to tell that story. Oh man. 
So, so I'm a, I'm a rookie. I have a one bedroom apartment in, in, uh, in Indianapolis, all the furniture's rented, like the sheets are rented, dude. I mean, it can't be, and you can imagine like, this is not pretty, right? Like my wife came up, she looked at this thing yeah. and it was like, uh, it, it, she was, she just shook her head at me, but I'm scared to death. Right. I, I mean, the first practice I ever have, Jim Moore tells me on fire, all of us. And so I'm like, man, I'm going to save every dollar. I'm not going to do this. So the season goes on and I start, right. I come in but for, uh, for Steve McKinney, who goes down. So I start some games at guard and the season's over. We lost in the playoffs and you had this exit interview with your coach. And so I sit down with Howard and, and, you know, he's talking to me and, but in all honesty, it, I didn't even hear what he's saying because my heart is pounding yeah. so fast. Cause I'm thinking to myself, should I break my lease? Cause they're going to fire me. And I got to go back to, you know, I got to go back to North Carolina. And so, I, so finally he's done talking. He kind of, he kind of looks at me and goes, well, what do you think? And, Again, I, I wasn't listening to a word that he said. I just said, "Hey, Howard, um, do you think I should extend my lease, or, or you know, or should I just cancel it because it, it'll cost me like a thousand bucks?" And this dude, I mean, belly laughs. When, I mean, Trey, this head back. I mean, he is he's slapping the desk, and if you know Howard Mudd, man, like yeah. grabbing his hair, he is and he's he is literally in tears of happiness. And he looks at me, he goes, to be smart, you are dumb as hell. <laughs> he said, Saturday, you're going to be here for 10 more years and starting and playing. He's like, don't be an idiot. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, dude, I'm sweating. I said, Howard, I ain't listened to a word you said. And he, it just made his day even more. He goes, well, the thing I want to worry about is being humble, right? Because if you don't think you can play yeah. now, I said, my God, bro, I was so scared. I was like, I didn't want to lose $1,000. That was my biggest thing. I'm to extend, yeah. extend the lease, but one of my favorite stories, well, mud, man, that's the best. Well, listen, it just proves that everybody is always looking for that validation, right? Like, I think every Absolutely. pro athlete, every pro athlete thinks about the things they did wrong way more than the things they did right. You are a hundred percent right there, bro. You will, you will, you will stay up at night with those and never think about the good moments for sure. Yeah, and that's the worst part about being an offensive lineman because you're only publicly called out for the bad <laughs> things. No one ever says great pull, you know. No one ever <laughs> right. says tremendous snap, right? No one ever no. says that. They say, Never. "Why are you holding?" It's it's a miserable <laughs> existence if you think about it. Oh, uh, all they do is value judge your mistakes, right? Like ex you're yeah. exactly right. I think I had like one bad snap in 14 years. I can remember that vividly. I mean, I remember every detail <laughs> of that play. Never mind any good blogs I had. I can remember that one in New York, bro. Like it happened five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, it's just insane. Well, anyway, listen, it's always good to catch up with you, man. I know it's close to the holidays. I didn't want to keep you too long, but uh, always love hearing your perspectives. Best to you and the fam, and, and tell, tell the boys to keep the flow going, all right? I'll do it, bro. You too, man. Tell Chap and everybody in your family hello, man. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I love you, brother. All right, bro. Love you too, Jeff. Talk to you soon. See you.